Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, honey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Do you have a good night? Um, sure. <laughs> what, what, every time I ask you that, it's like, what happened now? Just stop asking how I slept because it's uh, always like trash. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I just meant in general. Did you have a good evening? Oh, yeah. Um, it was fine. Yeah. So uh, we're going to try doing this a little differently today. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. I have no idea how we're going to do this, but um, do you want to explain how it's going to be a little different? By we, you mean yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this time we're going to try to give a little more of a general overview of what happens in the story and not be as detailed with every single detail it's just like the episodes are too long we're talking a lot in the episode that you guys listen to and that doesn't even include all the stuff that i'm taking out to try to cut us down to like a reasonable time for an episode length we're giving it a go we'll see how it works for us Uh, (laughs) i hold out no hope (laughs) oh no this book was kind of short so it's kind of a good one too think this book was 198 pages yes so we're like okay shorter book should be able to kind of try this out and see how it goes it just goes to show you how much we can talk about the books that we're reading I mean we're both really into reading and to the point of obsession and maybe we need an intervention I know you for sure need an intervention but But um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So, okay, shall we start? Sure. And by we, I mean you again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. You, you should know by now that anytime I say we, I mean you. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, sure, right. no problem. All right. The book we are reading today is Kaiden Badari Gladiators series, book number one. By Veronica Scott. The book opens with uh, kind of like a party type thing. Not really a party, but more like a brothel, maybe. It's hard to describe, but just try to picture like Roman style gladiators. That is exactly what I thought about. Yeah. So like Roman style gladiators. And uh, we have Kaiden. He's the lead of this story. Yeah, he walks into a room with other gladiators in it. And there's some women there that are prostitutes sent by a woman, uh, quote unquote, Big L. He sees two women getting harassed and they're protesting a bunch. We, we're not supposed to be here. Do you know who I am? Sort of attitudes. Yes. This is a mistake. We, we're we not prostitutes here to sleep with all the gladiators. Like, 
sort of stuff. And something happens to Kaiden where he's like, I must protect them at all costs, sort of instant protection mode. He ends up going up to the women and the men that are harassing them. And he claims both of the women for his use, trying to get them away from the situation. The fighters he's taking them from are like, well, you don't deserve women because you're not even fighting tomorrow. (laughs) Apparently you get the women if you are in the fighting pits the next day. He's like, okay, no problem. I'll fight tomorrow. And to sweeten the pot a little bit, he ends up leaving money. He's like, I'll buy drinks, you know, drinks on me. Yes, trying to appease them. Mm -hmm. So he hurries the women back to uh, his quarters, his room. And he's got like a nicer room because he's the head gladiator. The woman, the older girl in the uh, duo, she says that her name is Lady Elara Vasclavian. And she says she's the daughter of a senator. And the younger woman with her is her sister, Deandra. They have pretty good conversation. Uh, the three of them, um, Alara is talking a lot more to Kaiden than her sister is. Because after- her sister's drugged. And she's like traumatized. She's like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. overwhelmed with everything. Yes. Then at some point during the conversation, a bunch of guys burst into the room to rescue the women. Yes. Also, at some point during the conversation, Kaiden realizes that Alara is quote unquote, his goddess given mate. That all happened on page 14. He realizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are wasting absolutely no time in this book. Mm -hmm. for him to realize that she is important to him. Um, A little background on Kaiden. He goes by Kaiden the Death Dealer. He's seven feet tall, of course. Of course. He's He's a total badass. Yeah, he's not really a human, but he's kind of a human-ish in the way he looks. So uh, we'll get more background on him uh, later. So the people that burst into the room are sent from her father and she explains to Kaiden that she thinks this was a whole setup that her father, who's an important senator, is getting ready to give some kind of speech and this is a way to scandalize the family. And she thanks him profusely for saving the both of them and defends him to the guards that break in to to collect them by saying, if it weren't for this man, we would have really been in trouble. Yes, the gladiators were very interested in them because they were high-born, fancy ladies. So, of course. Of course. You know, the fresh meat. Yes. So, the next morning, Kaiden goes to enter the arena to fight. He is shocked because who is there to cheer him on but his mate, Lady uh, Ilara. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this without... (laughs) (laughs) I have no clue. Apparently I'm either talking way too much or I don't know how to talk at all. (laughs) Well, we made it until chapter two. Oh, dear God. It's like I... Don't know how to do this because I don't know what we're skipping. So, Jesus. Well, I skipped a lot of stuff, I think. I didn't put hardly any details. My entire notes, including all my highlights, is only 10 pages, if that clues you in. (laughs) Yeah, that that really does, because normally it's at least twice that. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh (laughs) All right. So, So just say whatever you think is important to that, you know, stood out to you. Okay, so 
she's watching him fight and he's glad that he's fighting something that isn't human because he doesn't want to terrify her by her seeing how vicious he is because he's apparently he's undefeated in the arena she is watching the fight and she ends up wanting to see him after the fight with the excuse that she wants to thank him again for helping her and her sister after the fight is over and it was just kind of like a a nothing fight it was like a middle of the week not a big deal sort of fight and so he's of course shocked that she was there to begin with he goes like back into wherever the gladiators go afterwards and the house owner tells him somebody's requested a private audience with you so he's like oh you know maybe it's one of the kids or somebody in the audience wants to kind of get like a sparring thing i guess they can pay for one-on-one time instructional type things what have you so he's absolutely shocked when he walks into the room and she's there that she requested a private audience with him they actually have a really good talk i liked when they were together Mm -hmm, i did too Yeah, they have like really good conversations. They're very open and honest with each other from the get go. She thanks him for the rescue. And but when she goes to leave, she drops her scarf and he goes to pick it up and he asks her if he can keep it as a reward. And it's so cute. I can just picture like this big seven foot Hulk of a man. Yeah, he's supposed to be 300 pounds, seven feet, 300 plus pounds of muscle killing machine. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he's got like this delicate scarf and he, she says, yes, of course he can keep it. And then he like folds it up into like a really small little square, it says, and he puts it in a little pocket on his like yeah, leather. Uh, yeah, a leather pouch on his belt. Yeah, on his like gladiator style uh, mm-hmm. skirt thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kilt. Kilt thing. Yeah. And she, he tells her you shouldn't be here because uh, it's, I don't want to do anything to damage your reputation. Yeah, because not only is she the daughter of a senator, but she's also a businesswoman. She's going to probably run for some sort of office in the future. So she's not just like a fancy lady who lives off of her daddy's income or anything. She's Mm -hmm. well off on the way to political stardom herself. Yeah, and she does try to ask him questions you know when he tells her you shouldn't be here she's like why you got a jealous girlfriend and he you know that's when he says no it's your reputation and you know you shouldn't be consorting with gladiators because you know we're the low of the low we are slaves and you are highborn Mm -hmm. yeah he's in that gladiatorial house because he's a slave Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we have a jump two weeks later and there's another fight. And when he goes out, this is one of the bigger fights. Um, he goes out, he sees Alara again. And not only is Alara there in the senator seats, but in the emperor booth area, he sees, I think it was the emperor's nephew. Yeah, yes. the emperor's Prince, nephew is there. Prince Pargan. Is that how yeah. you say his name? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I think so. When it's his turn. He has to face off not one, not two, not three, but 10 creatures. I call them creatures because they're not even like humans. They're like Mm -hmm. aliens. This book is a mix of like Spartacus. Yes. Old Roman style gladiators, but also sci-fi. Yeah. So Kaiden is, he looks like a human gladiator. But he's actually like an alien, right? Like he's like a lab grown alien. And he was created in a lab. Yeah. So he is fighting other 
creatures. Some of them are like slime monster things. Some of them are just, they're not humans. So it's kind of cool to see him battle all these things. Kaiden himself has fangs and claws and all sorts of other things that he can do to like, oh, he has like some uh, self-healing abilities. Yes. Restorative powers. There you go. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to like see him go through all this. And as he's doing that, Alara is what first she was watching from the senator booths. Then the emperor pulled her over, chatted with her a little bit. The emperor ended up placing a bet on Kaiden to win. And he also placed a bet on Alara's behalf for Kaiden to win. Yes. So they're watching. Of course, he wins and ends up getting everybody a bunch of money. Yes, but he also gets pretty damaged because he his restorative powers are starting to he's not regenerating or healing as quickly as he used to Mm -hmm. so he's very injured when he leaves but he acts like nothing's wrong because that's a death sentence once they know you're damaged yeah once he has a weakness Mm -hmm. i liked at the end of his battle his victory prize is a leafy crown which kind of adds to the spartacus feel to it yes that's exactly what i thought Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of those richard burton movies i know what's happening (laughs) there you go (laughs) so when it's when it is all said and done alara visits him yet again Mm -hmm. Uh, they have another good conversation but at the end of it he tells her not to visit again because he can't really handle being that close to her but not being able to have her nothing good can come from it because she's high born has potential he's a you know a nobody gladiator so it's kind of sad at the end he asks her not to visit anymore yeah but she also tells him that while he was fighting in the ring she could feel uh she had a sensation that was an echo of his pain Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. She can feel a little bit of that mate bond, even though she yeah, doesn't know what it right. is. <laughs> she doesn't even know it's there yet. And she offers to buy his freedom so that he can go home. And she, he says, I'm too valuable to my owner and he will never sell me. I have tons of credits and because of his property, he's not going to sell me. I'm priceless to him in the arena and will be till I die. And then he kind of does a little smirk and he says and then he inherits all of my credits because i'm his property it's so sad yeah that is wow what a setup yeah he has the money to buy his freedom but his owner won't allow it yeah and he says be safe my lady don't come Mm -hmm. here again it's a week later and they do the exhibition show oh yes a private exhibition and where are they having this exhibition one guess people (laughs) (laughs) the senator's house Mm-hmm. And he's thrilled because he gets to see her again, but he's also freaked out because he knows the more he sees her, the more he's going to want her. This was kind of cool because the house gets hired to do an exhibition show. So it's not an actual tournament. And it's kind of like a professional wrestling event is what I was picturing because the guys practice for a week and get their whole routine figured out to show off their skills at the senator's house. Yes. And when they do these private exhibitions, it's for the wealthy people who, you know, they, when they're in the arena and the wealthy people watch them, they know that the wealthy people don't care if they get killed or hurt. But in the private exhibitions, it's a good way for them to make connections and they could get tips. Yeah. And then they could maybe have those people book the one-on-one training sessions and 
more private events and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's going to be a two-hour show and they get to mingle with the guests. The exhibition goes pretty well. Um, the after party is kind of like a meet and greet for how you would do with celebrities mingling. They're kind of, I picture them like standing on podiums and just waiting for people to walk by, oogle them and yeah, you know, talk to them and what have you. Mm -hmm. There was a really cute scene where a little kid comes up to Kaiden and is talking to him. And uh, so we kind of get a little insight on him and how he likes children and how he's really good with little kids. Yeah, he's very cute with this kid. I mm -hmm. agree. Yeah, and then he gets uh, told that the His Excellency wants to talk to him and to follow him. So he follows this person to where they are. And he walks in, and as soon as he walks in the room, he smells Alara's perfume. She's got some super distinctive perfume, which I think he said earlier in the book reminded him of home or yes. something he hadn't smelled in a long time. It's kind of cute. Yes, and of course, he's very professional because he can't let on that he's interested in her. While there, th the prince was talking to him about purchasing him, He's asking him questions about being able to purchase his freedom. What would he do if he was a free man? Just kind of like getting to know him questions. And he's, I guess, intrigued by him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, obviously she put him up to asking questions and getting him there, right? Because he was telling her she's aware of the fact that gladiators have no rights and, you know, how terrible it is for them and that because he's not able to purchase his own freedom. I think Alara spoke to the prince about, you know, let's see if you can purchase him and we'll have him be free. Uh-huh. And I think also he's kind of questioning him about the comment he made to Alara about how the guy that owns the house, um, Erment, I think is his name. Yes. How he won't allow him to purchase his freedom, but a gladiator being able to purchase their freedom is a law. So the prince is kind of like, is this guy not following the law and letting you purchase your freedom? He, so he's doing a little bit of digging. He doesn't get to do much digging before all sorts of hell breaks loose. Yes. Well, it's a short, <laughs> it's a short book, so we have to get into it. There's a... <laughs> There's a horrible explosion that happens. And right before the explosion goes off, he realizes that something's happening and he grabs her, Alara, and covers her with his body. And there's a gigantic blast that goes off. He actually fell on top of her and the prince, saving both of them. Mm hmm. And once it's over, he makes sure everybody's all right. The prince makes some comment about, I, I know I was just in the right place for you to save me, but you were really saving her. It, <laughs> he doesn't argue the fact, he, you know, but it's probably a given. And he immediately, because he is a Badari uh, soldier, quote unquote, he goes into soldier mode. Let's block the door, barricade the door. I'm going to go out and see what's going on. Let me find your guards. Make sure that you stay safe. I'll be back. Uh, turns out Kaiden is ex-military, which is hella convenient. <laughs> Isn't it though? That's who you want when you're dealing with these situations. <laughs> he goes from like a slave gladiator nobody to like probably commanded a bunch of troops in the military persona in like this. Yes. <laughs> That's who you want. When you're in danger like this, you want the best trained military seal you can have at your side. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's ticking all of the fantasy boxes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And they... 
assume that these vigilantes that have blown up the place, they're after the prince. Yes. And they tell him, you know, why are you protecting him? You should join us. You could have your freedom too. Uh, but he's having none of it because his Alara is in danger. He ends up taking out the people he can. And then they find out that there is a panic room on the estate. And they start heading in that direction. Yeah, they go from the spot where they had the meeting to this secondary location, which is like an old panic room sort of thing. And then they sit there and kind of wait it out. And I think when they're in the panic room, because it's on her father's estate, she's able to use the phone or something. And she's able to call out to somebody and be like, we're in like X spot, send help. There's, you know, um, there's a there's a console there that she can see there's screens to see what's going on. She's able to contact a friend of hers that is really high up in the police force. There's a little walk down memory lane between them. That's kind of funny because um, she says, I need help. I'm in the old bunker. And she's like, you remember it, I I assume. And I guess some making out or something went down there between her and this guy because he's like, well, with fondness. And of course, Kaiden (laughs) is ready to lose his shit because this guy has touched her apparently back in the day. And anyway, uh, he, he's going to come help them. He's, he talks to the guy and tells them exactly what's going on and that they deployed a force cannon. The guy is happy that they're with somebody that knows what they're doing. She makes a reference to let the police guy that she's talking to know that she's with somebody special we know the prince, but she doesn't want to say that through this communication. So, so she makes yeah. it very like discreet, mm-hmm. like the eagle has landed sort of <laughs> secret service. Yes. You know what I mean, right? Wink, wink. And uh-huh. he's like, oh, okay, okay. We will send extra reinforcements. Yes, because the emperor is the top priority. Mm-hmm. So they end up getting there. Um, they end up saving them. And of course, because... Kaiden protected them and they're only alive because of him. He, the, the guy turns around to him and goes, you know, guess what? You can have your freedom. I'm granting your freedom and all of your property. And you get to collect your money and you get to live in the Senator's house. The guy gets everything he's ever wanted in the span of one attack. Uh-huh. Um, he says the Senator is going to be his sponsor and helper for his freedom transition, essentially. And he's going to be living in the Senator's house. And I'm all, hello, forced proximity. Yes. <laughs> I well, love it when you make an entrance. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And the Senator shows up and says, thank you for rescuing my daughter. Prince explains to the Senator that you're going to help this guy with all of his stuff and they give him a place to live on the on the property they like give him a room in the house yeah yeah so alara of course sneaks in to visit him late at night in his room mm-hmm. they waste absolutely no time yeah <laughs> <at> all <laughs> they literally just get right to it um they have sex it's really good he and he has like ridges on his penis I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves them, of course. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. 
they're, if they're good enough to put on condoms, they're good enough to actually have on a penis. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. They have quite a few um, sneaky meetups and conversations from there. It's kind of fun. It's like a forbidden romance forced proximity combo. Yeah. And he tells her that he was developed in a lab because before he does the deed, he wants her to know exactly who he's getting in. She's getting involved with. And he tells her that he was developed in a lab using DNA and other elements Mm -hmm. and that some of it's even from some predator line that's feline in nature. And we all know how vicious cats can be. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably where he gets his claws from. That's right. His fighting ability. He said he was a genetic construct engineered by alien scientists known as the Kagrish. I don't know what that is, but um, I think this is a spinoff from a different series. So there's probably more info about those people in the original series. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Yeah, so this is a spinoff from a different series, but you don't have to read that series mm-hmm. to read this series, I guess. Yeah. He, he says he and his brothers were created to be effective killers of humans and that he's a generation five and they live in a pack structure. That's like a military setup and that there's an alpha at the head. There was a lot that confused me here. It's like, there was so much going into this. It's like, well, are you a pack person? Why would they develop pack people when their only reason to be created was to kill people? And while they were being trained, they were also experimented on and tortured and abused. He makes a a comment later in the book about a certain person, if he was an alpha of a pack, he would have made them the enforcer of the pack. So it's kind of like shifters in that respect, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't clear about that. I wasn't really clear about the pack system either. So I don't know if that is cleared up in later books or if that was something explained in that original series. It's kind of like shifters meets uh, motorcycle club combo is what I was picturing in this structure. Yeah. And the scientists were so cruel and horrible that after they tortured him, they just gave orders for him to be put down. And he actually thought, Oh, well that at least that will be a relief. But what ends up happening is that the guards fake his death and sold him as a slave in death matches. Uh Uh-huh. That's how he ended up in this house is terrible yeah i mean it's not that much worse i guess than being a science experiment but it's still really bad yeah he's got to fight for the rest of his life and he's probably gonna end up well until he was freed he would have died in the arena and his whole goal is to start his own gladiator house and train people properly and not have slaves and you know he's all about the freedom and the collective development of what they could be he wants to change the system from the inside he continues to work towards getting more freedom getting his stuff etc um he wants to try to buy the gladiator house that he came from so the house of erment where he came from the owner erment himself was at that um exhibition thing and he's one of the people that died in that attack so now the house doesn't have an owner right So it's very convenient. He's like, perfect. I will just try to buy that house. But he has to get like a board approval to do so. So so the senator is trying to help him and have him. He has to like do meetings and 
pitch where, how he's going to uh, run the house. And uh, I don't know. He has to do a bunch of things. He can't just give them money and buy the house. Yeah. He has to get approved to do it. Well, plus he has a business partner, we find out. A silent business partner. We don't know who it is. But, you know, this person is supposed to go in on the business with him and get it off the ground. And that's where he's getting some of his money. So while he's there, he ends up, you know, Alara and he are, she's sneaking in through passageways to see him. He can't stop thinking about her. He becomes her bodyguard at some point. She has to go out and they're worried since this attack happened that it's going to happen again. So he follows her and while they're being chauffeured around, they're doing it in the back of the car. And I was like, oh boy, you guys aren't very discreet. But okay. And did you did you say that her dad asked him to be her bodyguard? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't say her dad asked. I just said he becomes her bodyguard because of what happened. Oh yeah. So the dad asks him to be the bodyguard because she has like some PTSD from that attack. And um, I was like, oh, now we're going from forced proximity to bodyguard romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so and while he sh- she's going to all these meetings and all these charity boards that she's on, he realizes that she's very smart and knows what she's talking about and that she eventually will become probably a senator like her father. They come home one day after fooling around in the car. He walks into his cottage that he's in and who's waiting for him? The senator. Because, you know, all good things must come to an end. His bags are packed. There's two suitcases packed. His and a smaller one. And the senator says, you know, I've arranged for you to get the, you're going to get the gladiator house. You need to get your suitcase and get out of here. You're not to live here anymore. She comes bursting through the door, freaking out, going, what are you doing? I care about him. I want to be with him. Father's really cold and says, you have other things pedigrees that he doesn't have and it's your duty to follow in my footsteps and you if you pick him I'm gonna dis disown you disinherit you to the point where she can't even use her last name he's is kind of cold but it's he's also very practical because he's like you're having fun like you're not thinking clearly because Mm -hmm. you're having PTSD they only make it a couple days of him being the bodyguard so it's yeah. ma- it's like maybe <laughs> a week from the attack. So the dad is like, don't throw your life away for this like passing fancy. This can't go anywhere. Like you're obviously having hero worship for this guy. Stop wasting years of training, training mm-hmm. and, you know, work that working towards what your goal is in life for this guy. So, yeah, he's kind of cold, but he's also has a good point. Yeah, he does. And he said, you're either leaving with me on this eight week venture or you're going to leave with him and we're never going to see each other again. And of course, Kaiden steps up and says, stop. This isn't what I want. He t- and he tells her, you hadn't committed to me. He picks up the handle of a suitcase and says, you need to you need to stop Uh, I love you and always will, but you've spoken no words of love to me. You've never expressed the intent to be my claimed mate and share my life. And I can't allow you to be forced into walking away from your father just because you're pissed off. It's so sad. Yeah. He wants her, but 
in this culture, the women have to choose and like agree to be the mate. And because she hasn't said anything, he's like, well, forget it. Like you never, you know, for her, it was all physical. She might be thinking differently, but she never said it verbally. Right. And so for him, he's like, I've said from day one, like that I'm obsessed with you and you never said anything back. So like, let's just part ways. And even though it kills him to do it, mm-hmm. sad. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it either. And the he, he's walking out the door and he decides to rename the gladiator arena, the house of Badari. And as he's walking away, his beast inside is snarling and very disturbed at having to walk away from their mate. I know. I was snarling too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Many weeks go by because she ends up, oh, and her father also tells her, while we're on this trip, I'm going to set you up with men to meet so that you can find a suitable husband. (laughs) Great. Thanks, dad. Yeah. Just what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- she doesn't know, she knows she loved him, but she doesn't know if she could give everything up, you know, in her life to be with, with Kaiden. We get this little jump of four weeks, like halfway through her eight week work trip mm-hmm. that she was forced to go on by her dad. Um, she's on a luxury yacht, <laughs> but she's also hating her life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And she thinks that she's going to make Kaiden see reason when she returns from this mandatory eight week trip, it's just a very small glimpse into how she's doing and she's not happy. She realizes that she does need to be with him and she's ready to give everything up. And that's her plan. When she goes back, she's going to go talk to him and make him understand that she does want to be with him. And then this made me chuckle. Then the next little bit is it says four weeks and two days later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That made me laugh because, like, she was serious when she was saying, like, I am wasting no time. Right. Because it's two days after the work trip ended. And now we have this second time jump. They show us what's going on with Kaiden. He's gone back and told everybody he's bought the arena and he wants everybody. He talks to them individually, but... He explains to them, you have value to me. I want to do away with this slavery stuff. Not, I'm not keeping everybody, but the people that I feel are going to make a good team. We're going to, we're going to work together. We're going to practice. He is going to pay them a salary. He gives them money. Um, what he believes their, their worth is. Everybody's blown away that he's being so generous. And of course, everybody is team Kaiden because he's really trying to do what's best for them he's having a hard time with the business part of it trying to figure out that part because that was Alara's forte but he's trying to muddle through yeah he's doing a pretty good job and I think a lot of people at the house have faith in him because he was a gladiator there so they already know him Mm -hmm. so it's going pretty well um, so at the four week and two day time jump, Kaiden is sitting at his desk in his office and he has a visitor and the visitor comes in and it turns out it's the senator himself, Alara's dad. Yeah, and he looks like hell. Yeah, he tells Kaiden that um, Alara made a bunch of demands, said that she was coming to Kaiden's place, that she obviously never made it to Kaiden because she got kidnapped mm-hmm. as soon as... <laughs> Like, as soon as she left the father's place to go see Kaiden, she gets kidnapped. And the dad only knew 
that she got kidnapped and didn't go to Kaiden's place because he got a ransom demand from the kidnappers. And so he's coming to Kaiden in the hopes that Kaiden can help him rescue her. Right. And they want to force the senator's vote uh, against a bill that he has submitted to the House. And they want him, they want the senator to make sure that the bill fails. And they tell her, if you don't make the bill fail and it passes, you're going to start getting her back in pieces. He's got something ridiculous, like three days until the vote to make it happen. Yeah, and not only are they going to send her back in pieces, but all all of the bad guys are going to have their way with her. Mm-hmm. But the dad is also like, this is the bill that will make and break my career, and there's absolutely no way I can vote against it. Well, and- I, I don't think it's... <laughs> oh my God. It, it's not his career. It's something for the better, betterment of the planet, it sounds like. It's bigger... Th- basically, it's bigger than him, and it's bigger than her. It's something that will really make a difference in people's lives and uh he knows that if anybody can save her it's going to be kaiden and he tells him he thinks it was the chauffeur he thinks he's a member of this terrorist cell that did the the bombing that's a good point the dad is not it's not 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 that mean yeah he's not that mean a kaiden agrees of course to rescue her but he does tell the dad that once he rescues her he will never part from her again and that was so hot yeah He's like staking his claim. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm never leaving her again. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Mm-hmm. He goes to Big L's house, that woman from the beginning of the book that had all the prostitutes. And he um, interrogates her for some information as to where Alara might be because um, Alara saying she thought that they were set up. So he's like, well, Big L must know who set them up for that event that happened a couple months ago. Maybe it's the same person. If not, Big L is kind of well known in society. She yeah. probably has some gossip. So she knows her- everything. Not only yes. does she know gossip, but she tells him that there's a private estate that the Rogerstons own. And not only is it a private compound, but she happens to have a set of plans. <laughs> a plans for the <laughs> compound. I'm like, well, that's definitely convenient. And he tells her, you know, at least he's looking at the plans and he. He says, I owe you, but then he injects her because he wants to knock her out. She's just going to sleep until the morning because he doesn't want any, he he doesn't want her double crossing him and, and telling these people that he's coming. And and in the interim, Alara's having a horrible time. She's being threatened. She's chained by her ankle in the base, the dark basement. She's terrified. She doesn't know how she's going to get out. They tell her your father better change your vote. And she's like, my father is not going to change his vote. So he arrives at this house, uh, mansion, compound thing. But he's doing it in like a flying car. Yeah, it's it's odd. (laughs) It's odd, but it's also like another way where the sci-fi futuristic stuff is like woven in with this like historical Mm -hmm. romance sort of thing that's happening. Yeah, and the sad thing is he while he's sneaking up to this compound in the woods, he can feel her pain and fear. I know. Yeah. Oh, Kaiden. Yeah. But he's on his way. (laughs) So he gets to the house. He ends up like killing a bunch of people. He kills the head kidnapper by tearing his heart out of his chest with his talons. I love that. I (laughs) love he wasted no time just just killing these bastards for hurting her. 
Mm -hmm. Then he snatches her up, carries her off. They like run off because they're being chased by the other people he let live. And they sneak off back to the house, the gladiator house. And yes, and all the gladiators are going to, she's totally safe there because all these gladiators, there's snipers on the roof. They're going to defend her because now they, they owe Kaiden. They're very happy and they are going to protect them. Did we say that the house was renamed House of Badari? Yeah, I said that. Okay, good. So, of course, when they get back, she takes a bath. She cleans up a little bit and then instantly jumps on him. And it's like, I'm wasting no time getting back with you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, first she does have a breakdown and just starts sobbing. He holds her. He's very sweet and tender to her. Yes. Yeah, and she's all, no one else could have saved me. No one else could love me the way you love me. I'm proud to be the woman you want. And I, I'll try to live up to the intensity of your love. Swoon. Swoon is right. And he <laughs> murmurs reassuring endearments to her as she was crying. And I thought, why has no man ever done that for me? <laughs> He's not even a man. He's an alien. But well, still, maybe I'll that's take why. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she wants to have sex and he's like leery because of what she's been through. And she's like, I'm not made of breakable glass and I'm not too tired. Let's do this. <laughs> Take me now. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, you know, what can he do? <laughs> he services her. Yes. Yeah, they have sex. Uh, it's really good again. He bites her mm-hmm. during the sex for the, like, mate bond thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, like, the next morning or a couple hours later, she had, like, a dream. And in the dream, she realizes that the bond isn't complete. Yeah, they, he's blown away because he expected all of his life he's heard of this bonding between mates and he, he expected it to be overwhelming. But he's a little disappointed, it sounds like, in the book. Yeah, it doesn't feel different to him, I think, is what yeah. he says. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, I, I did what I was supposed to do, so I don't know why it doesn't feel different. And it's so funny because she's like, as soon as she wakes up or pretty early the next morning she's like well like we need to go again and well he- yeah, there's a lady she dreams about who is the goddess yeah that says like she needs to finish the bond mm-hmm. yeah so but then when she talks to Kaiden and says like we need to go again like we're not finished he actually like apologizes to her he's like oh I'm sorry <laughs> like I thought you yeah, like I, I thought I satisfied you last night like he d- he thinks that she's referring to like a missed orgasm right <laughs> yeah that's so funny it was so cute um so then they have sex again and this time she bites him mm-hmm. and that's what actually sealed the bond that's what they were missing yeah it's called a double apparently a double anchor and he he biting her was the first part of the anchor but when she bites him on his neck that closes the anchor between the two of them Mm -hmm. and she tells him you you are mine kaiden of the bakari badari and don't ever forget it and he's like all blown away he's like you're claiming me and she's all damn straight you're claimed I'm claiming all seven <laughs> foot of muscle in you. That's right. <laughs> and that ridge dick of yours too. <laughs> exactly. That ridge dick is going nowhere. Yeah. And like instantly uh, some intricate design forms on his, a loop or something on his back. They each get one and that it glowed and shows that they are bonded. And then they feel 
entirely different. They feel the the love and the attention of the attachment to each other. It sounded pretty. It's described as like yeah. a golden circle. Mm-hmm. We have a one week jump, which is kind of like an epilogue. Mm-hmm. I would think it, it's yeah. not labeled an epilogue, but I thought it was like an epilogue. They are getting married at the father's house in mm-hmm. the garden. Yes. And they say that, you know, even though the dad wasn't really supportive to begin with, he wanted to have the wedding in his garden to show his support and to kind of elevate the gladiator status and what have you. They don't even get through the ceremony yet. And he's already telling her like, bad news, but I have to cut our honeymoon short. (laughs) She's like, uh, our honeymoon's only like three days. Why do you have to cut it short? Like, it's already a really short honeymoon to begin with. Right. And he says that he got a lead on... Um, he so he's been going to other places to purchase gladiators for the house and he got a lead on a gladiator that he might want to purchase and he thinks it's another Badari like him mm-hmm. and he can only meet up with this contact like two days from now so they have to miss one day of the honeymoon yeah and he he tells her I can't this would be one of my pack brothers and I can't let him endure the suffering that I endured and she totally gets it She's like, that. that's fine. Yeah, she doesn't mind it at all. And I, I'm not sure if that little setup was to say that that person that they're going to rescue is maybe going to be book number two. Probably. I, I took it as such, but I don't know. Well, yeah, when it was earlier in the book and he was um, setting up the house of Badari and one of his gladiator friends, he made him like second in command. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember this guy's name right now, but that was the guy he was thinking if he was a pastor alpha he would have made that guy his enforcer i thought that guy might have been book number two but i guess that guy's not a badari so it makes sense that he wouldn't be Uh, just because he talked about him a lot yeah he did they had a lot of conversations together he was the first one that he freed i believe besides the the old man that worked there and his niece that ran the house yes he was yeah so he freed the butler and the niece and He told his friend, I only freed the butler first because he was freaking out so much. I thought he'd have a heart attack. (laughs) I wanted to free you first because he was like his BFF or whatever. Yeah, because he he didn't know what was going to happen if his was not going to be have a job anymore. Yeah. Yeah, So that's actually the end of the book. Yeah. What did you like about the book or dislike or what's your rating? I like the book. I I liked the two, the interaction between the two of them. Um, I probably would give it three wet panties. I don't know. I really was kind of on the fence of this book with this book because of the going back and forth with the development by the scientists to create him. And I had some questions about the pack animal. I don't know. What's your opinion? I feel the same way. I would think three to maybe three and a half. Mm -hmm, I agree. I didn't feel super connected to the characters. I didn't either. Why is that? I don't know. They seemed kind of robotic. And I was thinking maybe because we don't have any backstory for them. Like we only get this glimpse of their life. The book's only, it's not even 200 pages long. So we're not going to have a ton of details. Yeah, they're really, everything went, bad stuff did happen, but it went pretty smoothly. And maybe you're right about the the backstory. Yeah, I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't feel connected to them at all. And then I did not like, (laughs) this is a very me issue. Okay. I did not like the setup of the book in terms of how the chapters were structured. What? I don't don't know what you're talking about. So what do you mean? (laughs) Explain. This is why I'm saying this is like a me thing. So this book was 200 pages long, but it was only nine chapters. 
And so the chapter seemed really long to me. And there was these weird breaks in the chapters where we would go from his point of view to her point of view. And we would have a two week time jump and all of these things all in the same chapter. And so I probably would have preferred to have like smaller chapters or like if we're going from his POV for one chapter, then hers would be a different chapter. Or if we're jumping a couple weeks to a different event, that's a new chapter. But to have all of these things happening in the same chapter, it just, I don't know, it didn't really work for me. Well, that's probably coming from you doing that reading for some authors. For me, I I don't care if they jump back and forth in the book between points of view. Yeah, it's possible. I, I'm telling you, like, the weirdest things stick out for me. And so <laughs> that's that, okay. was, that was just one of the things that, like, I didn't like about the book. But I did like... It's funny because even though I didn't feel connected to the characters, I really liked how they communicated with one another. I agree 100%. Like they were very open and honest. Yeah, there, there was were no, no miscommunication. Games. Yeah, yeah, no games. Like there was no drama between them. All the drama was external. Maybe that's why we're used to May the books always <laughs> have so much drama. Maybe because I'm not used to reading something that's not an enemies to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that could be. I'm like, he's not mind fucking her. I can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I can't is relate. He, is he a robot? No, he's just an alien. Yeah, I don't. I agree. But yeah, they had a very, I think, a very smooth relationship from when they met. Yeah. And I liked the mix of like, at times it was like the uh, Bridgerton series. At times it was like the Spartacus show. Um, it's like a little bit of historical romance, a little bit of sci-fi. You get some bodyguard. You get some forced proximity. You get some political intrigue. Yes. But even though like all of these different things are happening in a short book, it still kind of works. Mm -hmm. So overall, not too bad. Yeah. So just to change, are we done talking about that and we changing the subject? Sure. What are you reading now? What am I reading? Um... Are you reading on, anything right just now? For me? Yeah. Yes, I am. I am. Of course, I'm reading. Silly question. <laughs> I know. I should have just said, <laughs> what are you reading? What a stupid question. So I am. I got sucked into this rabbit hole of the Zodiac Academy series, as you know. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like read the first three books in like the span of a few days. And then I read a little bit of book four. But ugh, these books are really long. That book is like almost 800 pages long. What? That's so I'm taking a break from Zodiac Academy number four. I'm actually reading a book possessed by the alien prince by author Krista Luna. Um, she had a new book come out yesterday, which was book three in that series. Mm -hmm. And I realized I never read book two in the series. So I'm actually reading book two in the series oh. right now. Well, I am dying, absolutely dying for Sarah Moss to drop that next book that's not till next month though right i uh, can't i still i every time she posts something on instagram i'm like oh my god i i cannot stand it and depending on how long it is i may disappear so that i can just read that book uninterrupted because the first book was so damn good well i think the first book was also 800 something pages it was 600 so it was 600 we're gonna have to disappear too read it for a while because it's i'm sure book two is super long also yeah good maybe we can go on a getaway or something um and then while 
we're talking about random books. So the author that we featured prior, Rebecca Hefner, she just released the prequel for her Etheria's Earth series, which was the book that we talked about, mm-hmm. a book in that series before. That was the two-part episode. So the prequel just came out. It's called The Dawn of Peace. Um, it's currently free on Amazon. I already downloaded it. I'm, I downloaded it too. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually reading what I'm reading right now is called is the third book and the end of hatred series called the darkness within by Rebecca Hefner. And I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and I both read the second book in that series. Mm-hmm. And then I will read the third book at some point. I okay. just have to work up to it. Cause that was the girl, the sister the sister that, and the demon yes, slash slayer. I love that demon guy. I do too. And th- there's six books in that series. So I always start to break out in a sweat because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to finish this series. What am I going to do? And, you know, I'm so, I kind of go into a little state of depression when I finish a really good book because <laughs> what am I going to do? This book was so good and it's over now. There are good books out there. I also want to go back to that Oh God, the Viper series and read the second book in the Viper series. Have you read that? Yes, I did. <gasps> I read the second book, but I did not read the third book. Okay. The Blue Coral. That's the oh. only book in that series I haven't read yet. All right. Well, I I just, I'm retired. Don't have to do a damn thing. And I feel like there's just enough, not enough time in the day to, I'm too busy for the things I want to do. <laughs> I don't know. it's true because there's so many books out and they're all so good yeah and i i'm horrible because i do feel guilty if i sit and read too much it's like i've got to go out and do things in the garden and i've got to like tomorrow i well today i'm super excited because my knobs are finally being put on my stupid cabinet doors it only took two weeks to get them out here and tomorrow i'm actually going to have countertops which i don't know if i can deal and a week after that, I'm actually going to have a kitchen sink for the first time in possibly three months. <laughs> what are you going to do with yourself when you have a fully functional kitchen? Other than cooking me dinner. Yeah. What are you going to do with yourself? I, I will cook you dinner <laughs> because I'm going to need something to do. So I, you tell me what you want. I'll cook for you guys. And I, I decided, I as I'm washing dishes this morning in the tiny little bathroom sink, which I hate, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to break out in tears when I can put a dish in my dishwasher. Yeah. It's gonna... are, it's definitely a luxury that once you have a dishwasher and you have to go back, it's hard. Well, it's not even that. I don't mind washing dishes in a sink, but give me a goddamn sink. Don't give me a little 12 inch by eight inch bathroom <laughs> sink and expect me to, I haven't been able to cook a decent meal for myself and I don't know how long because I can't wash a pot i can't there's things i can't do yeah yeah so anyway that's my life uh the end is in sight though that's very exciting i think i'm gonna have a breakdown happy breakdown happy tears only. well that's it it's like after you know i feel like those scientists have been experimenting on me and i'm finally gonna get freedom (laughs) (laughs) that's how i feel nice yeah uh do you want to say the next book that we're reading or do you want me to say it Honestly, I don't you remember the did. name of it. I'm really bad about that stuff. Go ahead. That's okay. 
Um, our next book is called It's the Freaking Apocalypse, and this is My New Boyfriend by Olivia T. Turner. Yeah. And that book is actually only 95 pages long, so that, and it looks kind of funny, so... Yeah, excited to read that I new too. author for both of us, I think. Yes. If you could rate and review us on Apple Podcast, um, you can rate on Spotify also. Um, our Instagram is at Bonded Books Podcast. Facebook group is The Parlor. Um, there is actually going to be a link in the notes section for this episode. So you can click on the link and that should take you to all of the things that we have. And our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us. Yes. Rate, review, follow, tell a friend. Yes. All the things. All those things. All of the above. <laughs> Check. Check.